Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's another Monday. We're here. We're still made it through another week. I've got a big show tonight. Um, we have Andy on here. We gave a shout out to Andy uh, last week. He's from the uh, Low Expectations uh, YouTube channel. I'm sorry, Project Low Expectation YouTube channel. I'm a little off my game tonight. I had a little time for show prep. I was out running a low expectation three miles. Or actually, I should say um, self-loathing <coughs> three miles because, well, what I did is I ate a large pizza, thin crust with pepperoni, sausages, uh, uh, bell peppers, six chicken wings, waited a half hour, and then ran three miles in the 89-degree heat with a refill of 94 because, well, I hate myself. I make bad life choices, and I want to punish myself. But uh, the reason I bring that up, I was a mile and a half into it, or two miles and a half into it, and my phone rings, and Gordon just turned green, which proves that it's Gordon's connection and not ours because Andy is still in living color, and Gordon is fucking green as the Grinch has stole Christmas. That's because I'm in the far, far west. But that's besides the point. So, Gordon, I was running two miles, and the phone rang, and it's our nephew, Luke. And I'm like, hey, fella, what you doing? He's like, oh, nothing much. What's going on, Uncle Donnie? I was like, oh, I'm just uh, two miles into a three-mile run. What's up? I'm huffing and puffing, talking to my Raycons while maintaining my pace, mind you. He said, hey, can I come down to visit you? I'm like, sure. When are you thinking? In my mind, I'm thinking like a week or so. He's like, in an hour. <laughs> I'm like, where? That is exactly the kind of shit I pulled at that age. I was like, where are you Actually, at? I didn't even call. I just show up. For those, Hi. For those you playing along at home, Luke lives in Kentucky. So when he said come down to visit, it's an 18-hour drive. I figured sometime next week. Nah, apparently he's been up in Venice all week, which I didn't know because I haven't been getting on Facebook. But here he is. Say hi, Luke. Hello. Oh, talking to that mic, son. Hello. There you are. Okay. It's been a while. So uh, how's life? Get all you? up on it, man. <laughs> Just working, living the dream. Living the dream. Okay. Now, excellent. are you still doing the welding? Uh, I'm not. I gave that up for blacktop. Uh-oh, Andy. Oh, no. Uh-oh, Andy. See, so and- you're talking to two tradesmen here. See, Andy here... <laughs> Although has- I fly a desk now. See, Andy here has a YouTube channel where he's wanting to spread his love for the late model Chevette with the world. And I'm sure he could tell you how important welding is. And for a young cat like you in 2020 to get into welding just to back out to go to work out in the hot sun... I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a great job to have at your age, but the welding is a lifelong skill, my friend. Maybe one day welding's I'll take a good one off. to fall back on. But uh, Luke's a little camera shy. He didn't really want to go on. I just wanted Gordon to see what's going on here. But let's get right into it, Andy. I was watching one of your your YouTube's, and you're you're explaining that you know you get it. Not everybody has the undying love for the Chevette like you do. But I kind of get it because I have the undying love. You know, I don't have one. My dream, and this is a good, this is a good topic for the YouTube uh, comment and the Facebook comment. I'm I don't see hear- it streaming, by the way, on Facebook. Really? Because I'm watching right now. I'm in here. So it probably has to do with that bad connection you got because I'm actually in here. Um, but anyhow, anyhow, good question for you guys. What is your affordable even though if it's not quite affordable, affordable dream car. And what I mean by that is a late model Chevette isn't a whole hell of a lot of money, but it's going to take time and money to get it to where you want it. For me, it would be a 19, between a 1953 to 64 Volkswagen Beetle. Once again, if I had $2,500, I can go to Marketplace and get one right now, but it's going to take some time and money. So that would be my, much like yours, yours is the Chevette, mine is the early uh, Beetles. Gordon, what would yours be? What's your affordable dream car? Probably a uh, first generation WRX STI. And Luke, you? Uh, 1970 Plymouth Superbird. Ooh, he's got it down to a fact. Even though my grandpa already has one. Well, maybe you can yeah, get it off. Yeah, he said he said affordable. Yeah, affordable. Well, he's young. He's, <laughs> he's not quite in the realm of affordable, but yeah, I'm talking like five grand and up, like you know, five to six grand, not eighteen thousand for a starter. <laughs> I'd like to take a beater that could turn into a rally car, but, uh, you know, that's so, a little out of my. 
how did it get really. started with you, Andy? What when did the Chevette bug bite? Well, was let it? me step in because when Andy and I went to high school together, he had always been a little left to center on his cars. What he had or like he, a escort he, hatchback? No, no, no but no, he no. drove a he drove a Citation that him, TJ Bowen, Mark Bowen. And some others around the base. Uh, when we went to Hamilton, he would jack this car and drive it around his dad's car, and it was it was a Citation, so it was a a, a Chevette Extra Large. And um, well, remember when we lived in his car in high school? When we lived in Rickenbacker, Dad got his first brand new car in a while. And this is before yes. you got your S10. You remember it what was that Hyundai, was? Wasn't it? Yes, it was Hyundai. Blue Hyundai. The blue Hyundai yes. Accent hatchback. And the fact that you remember that—that's insane. Actually, it was the XL. Ooh, was it the XL? Yeah, that's the car I learned to drive on four-speed. Oh, I, I vaguely remember it, it was blue on blue crime. And, oh yeah. And wasn't the was it a four-speed or did you say a five-speed? It was four-speed. Was the the outline of the stick shift was it highlighted in yellow? Uh, I don't think so. So. Uh, could it have been orange, maybe? Orange, maybe that's what orange. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. blue on blue with so. orange highlights. You know, I, I talked to Dad about that car, and he still misses it. He actually loved that little car. What Much like serious? a Chevette. You know, it's the Korean version, right? So. Uh, no, 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 no. Those early Hyundais were way worse than any Chevette ever was. Or, but they were slightly better than a Yugo, right? A little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit, yes. A lot Those safer the than first, the Pinto. First, but first one of the cars... I remember Andy eyeballing. There was right on 3C, right before we would head towards Riverbend. I think that's where you lived. There yes. was this AMC Eagle 4x4. Yes. And uh, the uh, SSX, I think it was called. It was a little sporty hatchback one. Yes, it was. Yes, red and black. Was that? The uh, only thing I can remember was that Sean, did his dad have a square body Chevy with a wooden bed or was that a Ford? Down Sean, on the corner. You're talking about Turtle? No, Sean, no. the guy down in the, the very corner, his dad had like either a square body Chevy, but the bed was removed and it had like nice wood or it was a Ford. I can't remember what it was. That was, that was Brian. That was, that was Brian's dad. Okay. Stepdad, actually. Black and red. Uh, he had, uh, he had an orange and white. I thought it was. So okay. he had a square body that had a flat bed. Then he also had a mint green. Um, I think it was a 67 or a 68 Chevy. That also had a flatbed. That one had a steel flatbed on it. Yeah, I remember one of them had wood on it. And I remember yeah, we'd get pissed. Was the square. I remember we'd get pissed. I was in elementary school at the time, and he was one of those guys who would edge the sidewalk. Yeah. And we would ride our bikes. And then, of course, we not knowing that your eye, your body goes where your eyes are. You look at the edging, which is just wide enough for like a fourth grader's BMX bike tire. And you would go into <laughs> it and go ass over tea kettle and get all scraped up and bloodied up. I think it happened to me and my sister both. And she had her high flute and 10 speed with the uh, speed handles and so she would lean into it on the sidewalk and then go right in the edging and well boom and before we get into Javette, i remember the first time i met andy oh it was on a 10 speed he came from lima ohio i believe yes on base uh i think you said your nickname was tc back then no, dude. <laughs> and i'll leave it at that <laughs> and then so then we went to hamilton together but then we both left Hamilton. And what's interesting, and this is how we hooked back up, is we had a South, he ended up in Southwest City Schools also, but Franklin Heights. Right. And we, uh, I happened to be just kind of cruising by the old Hamilton because I was off. And who did I see on his bike out in front of Hamilton Township High School? You're an yep. eagle. Andy. And yep. then that was it. Yeah. You know, I, I remember, I remember that day. I was riding down the street. Uh, I can't remember what road it was, but the one was in front of the old Hamilton Township, the one that we went to. Uh, yes. They tore that down about five or eight years ago. Yeah, I hear the um, new one looks like the old one. They kept it in that style. Uh, it's got pillars. That's about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, I haven't uh, been back. I remember in a long I was time. riding down there. I was riding down the street and I saw you go by. You're driving that S10 and you'd just gotten it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I remember just looking over my shoulder saying, Was that Gordon? And then I looked back and you were looking out the back window at me. Yep. I Turn around, and, you know it's funny. We ended I'm, up working at the same restaurant together. I'm watching the <laughs> video stream of me and Luke, and since uh, you know my sister and I look so damn similar in the face, Luke and I have like the same. He's got my nose and eyebrows. Like we have hats. If I gave, if I gave him one of my flat bill hats, he'd look like my kid. Look at his face; he looks <laughs> just like mine, minus the white yeah. hair. I see it. I just had a weird flashback. So remember uh, where the elementary school was, right? Right up there in the corner. Yeah. And they had that little white building. Was that 665 right in front of there? What 
God, uh, you're talking about it in front of base, right? Yeah, right, right in front, of, right where Hamilton uh, Elementary was. What was that main road right there? Super busy. Roar, is Roar Road and uh, 104? I think it was maybe no, 104. No, three, was it 317? 317 is one out in front of Rickenbacker. Okay, yep, yeah, 317. It. And they had that little white building across the street that was a convenience store for a while. Yes. And then for okay. and then short later on, it turned into like a, a mom and pop seamstress place. Anyhow, I was out in front of the school one morning and a dump truck came hauling ass down that road and somebody was pulling out and hanging a left turn there and it nailed a freaking minivan right there, right in front of the school. And I remember I ran down the hallway and went to the office window. I'm like, call the cops, call the cops. Like, why? I was like, a dump truck just smacked into a van. She's like, oh, really? I'm like, no, seriously, call the cops because they had kids and everything. But it, like, that was like the first time I ever was an eyewitness to a high-speed accident like that. And it was insane to see a dump truck just plow into a freaking minivan doing like 65 down that road. <laughs> What's up, Morgan Long? Checking on Facebook Live. Um, so back to the question at hand a little bit. How old were you? When were yeah. you? How? What got you bit by the Chevette bug? Well, uh, how far back you want to go? I grew up in the back seat of one. <laughs> well, um, so did we, but when... we did not fix them up in our goddamn garage. <laughs> that, was, that was a that was a Pinto. <laughs> no, mom had oh. Chevettes. She had Ford Escorts. She had Geo Metros. Anything with a hatchback and two doors. She had one. Well, yeah, like Gordon sure. said, I've always I've always looked kind of left to center when it comes to the cars that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, anybody could uh, be into a Mustang or a Camaro, and you're going to find a million of them at any cruise in. Um, but one of the cool things is, like, especially with like a Chevette, like you said, your mom had one, and you go to a car show, and if you come across a Chevette, you're going to get all kinds of people with Chevette stories. Um, when the guy that I got my Chevette off of, Josh, he. Uh, I, when I approached him, it was the same thing. I, I approached him with a Chevette story, and he just kind of smiled, and he says, you'd be amazed how many stories we get. And, you know, uh, we kind of got off talking about it. I can my relate to that. Car, my wife's first car was an orange Chevette, and their big story is uh, she lost control and ended up hitting somebody's patio. <laughs> I, I, can, I lose control I, in one, but hey. I can relate to the, the commonality and the agreeability of something like that when you're at a car show and you're talking mm-hmm. to spectators and you're talking to people. As you can see over my shoulder, I got my um, mannequin there dressed up in my P-41 Marine Corps uniform. I'm a living historian and reenactor. And so when we go to these museums and all that, my fellow reenactors will be setting up like big-ass uh, wall tents and uh, huge-ass tents. These tents cost thousands and thousands of dollars. But me and a small handful of other people will set up pup tents that's what we sleep in all weekend but it's the pup tents that are relatable to people because when these people come in yeah you got all these big extravagant you know command tents and wall tents but it's the pup tent that the 50 year old woman used in girl scouts when she was a kid it was the pup tent that the 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 grandfather said oh that's what we had when i was in service and the dad said that's what we had when i was in service and oh that's what i had in the boy scouts and so i kind of get that when you go to a car show there's all these cars that are well out of your your means and and they're nice look at but you see that chevette and you and all of a sudden you can agree with it you know what it's like like, oh shit i can relate to that somebody's audio yeah mute your mic there your audio. Just close your there browser you out. Sorry. There you go. You're all good. Yeah, sorry. But no, I can get I can get what you're saying. You know, when you're at these car shows, people are more relatable to the affordable, cool car that's from their childhood versus the, the thing that they never had experience with. Right. And one of the things I've always liked about them, you know, of course, you know, are they ugly cars? Yeah, whatever. Some people think <laughs> it's they're subjective, ugly. Some right? Think they're cute. Yes, it's subjective. Um, but one of the things I've always loved is that they're tiny and it doesn't take much to go quick in them. Um, I mean, you can put a 300 horse V6 in there and you're going to run 12 and a quarter if you can if you can hook it up. Um, a 300 horse engine in a Mustang or Chevelle that's going to be you know a dog. So they're they're, they're, they're you know everybody everybody that, uh, remembers them. Everybody has stories. Uh, they're real easy to go quick. Uh, something I didn't realize when I was younger, but I've since found out, is they handle amazingly. Uh, they have practically a perfect front to rear weight balance, uh, 50-50 front to rear weight balance. And all you need is some decent tires and shocks, and you can pull a G on the skid pad. Um, you know, that's that's great. That's For, for that's those of you who don't know, that's that's like what the BRZ pulls. 
or the uh, FSR, which is, you know, a, a lower horsepower car, but they're perfectly balanced also. They're kind of the replacement to the Miata in a way. And not only that, but when he says that the brake pads, that's important because that means that's horsepower after it goes through the torque converter and the drivetrain. That's how much power it's getting at the wheels, at the concrete versus right off the engine. So that's quite a bit of, that's quite a bit of ass in the, in the tires. Here's a... <laughs> Here's an escort fun, uh, Chevette fun fact. Was it a Chevette or an escort that uh, Luke over here, his mom, <laughs> inadvertently destroyed well, the escort. Antonin. So, yeah, um, your mom was sent out by your grandmother to put gas oh, in the car because she was using it. Have you heard this story before? I have not. She put diesel in your grandmother's... Uh... That does not surprise me. <laughs> And as I you don't can, know how she got the nozzle to F and fit, but whatever. Well, I think that was before well, they, they standardized it, right, Andy? This would have no, been probably she. She probably went to BP because BP always has green on their gasoline and black on their diesel. Well, this I've is been on many pilot. service calls. I was gonna say yeah, this is station. circa this is circa 1994, 1993. So it was a while back. That was, that was about when BP com- was coming to town. But yeah, yeah. huh? Man. So yeah, yeah, it smoked that car. It left a. It, it, you guys have been driving a crop. Uh, it didn't. It didn't last long. That engine did not last long at all. What's going on, John Craft OG5 checking in? So, uh, how is your build going, and what is your Slow. ultimate plan? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> saw your last video. Plan. You said, "Hey, this is what I've had done. <laughs> Nothing." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, my, I don't know, my overall plans is to have fairly low cost build. Um, I'm not going for you know a $200 build, but for what I'm going to end up with, it's um, I'm expecting to be pretty cheap. So I'm looking for cheap. I'm looking for fun to drive. Um, again, the great handling. I want enhanced. I want to be able to pull over a G. Um, I want a good quarter mile time, uh, decent gas mileage, which actually that just got shot all to hell because <laughs> I found out I'm going to have to run, um, what do you call it, the E85. Oh, really? So the non-ethanol? Goes, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's that's 30% drop in gas mileage right there. Yeah, what people don't realize is ethanol gas has an ass load of water in it. And um, it does wonders on older cars and even, you know, newer ones. But obviously the new, new ones are designed for it. But uh, if you have an engine or a performance engine, not even, but a, a standard engine that's pri- built before the proliferation of ethanol, i.e. 2011, um, that'll do some wonders on your on your uh, your fuel filters, everything, the f- the sending unit, the whole nine yards. It'll it'll crush it, especially if uh, that car sits occasionally. That's the big problem is if they sit. If it's a daily driver, you can burn ethanol all day long. Um, but if it sits, the stuff goes bad real quick, and it does, like you said, it does a real good number. Now, obviously, um, I don't think you're not planning on going full off the frame restoration. You're just wanting to make this thing fun to drive. So, with that being said, are you gonna are you gonna lay frame on this thing? You're gonna squat it at all? You're gonna leave it normal height? What's your what's your uh, deal there? It's already sitting pretty low. Um, when it was still stock, I cut out way too much of the coil spring, and it was <laughs> sitting too low. Yeah, yeah. Oops. <laughs> I always joked around and said, it measure twice, cut it once. <laughs> yeah. I cut it twice. It was still too short. Um, but yeah, uh, I always joked around and said, is there anything, is there such thing as being too low? And I discovered there is. Um, yeah. You don't that, want your wheels to do this shit. This it was doing that. Do. It was doing that. And then also going you know, through like, the alley beside the house, it was the oil pan was scraping the high part of the alley in the center. I was going to say, you know, like so going over speed bumps diagonally. Yeah. Yeah. That so you, now you got to get a skid small. plate. Is that what you're saying? No, now I need to get new springs. <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, it's gonna it is gonna sit a little bit lower than stock. Um, I actually love the way that it sits. I just don't like the way that it drives. The way that it sits. So I'm gonna see if I can't do do some magic and do some tricks and try and make it as low as it sits right now and just make it work. What now the- you going for a sleeper look on the car? Or are you? Uh, no, gonna- no. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, if you go, if you were to go to the YouTube channel, you see that I've got spray painted. Yes, uh, I've scallops. Seen the, uh, uh-huh. Yes, I've got the the white sp- uh, stripes on there, the scallops, and it's just kind of a, it's kind of a joke. Like you said, I can I can make fun of myself. I get it. It's a chevette. A lot of people make fun of them. Shitbet. Um, yeah, nah, I know. <laughs> so now you've gone too far, Don. God, you're such a dick. <laughs> no, I just remember that because. Uh... A family member of ours back in the day said, I got a vet. I was like, yeah, shit vet. 
because he was uh, trying to get pass off. They had a Corvette, and I was like, "No, you, you got a Chevette." But well, the nice thing about keeping a a budget friendly rebuild is just clear coat it. Use that patina. You ain't got to worry about trying to, you know, if you're making a sleeper, you got to go get a paint job and all that shit. Just clear coat that patina. That rat well, rod I think eventually, yeah, but a rat rod look doesn't look good on a Chevette. No, then it, it just looks, looks like, like a rusty junk. Chevette. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, eventually, it's going to get painted. Uh, that's not going to be, I want to drive around for at least a couple years the way that it looks right now. Um, the paint job that's on it, it's, it's garbage. It got wrecked sometime in the 80s and they did a complete repaint and I don't think they did any prep. The paint is peeling. It's curling. It's got the consistency of tree bark. Nice. Oh, great. Um, yeah, no skin. exaggeration. I have rubbed up against it accidentally and I did get cut from it. That's how oh. bad this paint is. Yes. Any, any Bondo on it? Uh, actually I haven't found any. Huh. I have not found any filler anywhere on this thing. It's actually, even though it's got a real craptastic paint job, it's actually really clean. Now you my, live, you my live... new nineteen, my new two thousand twenty-one Tacoma now has filler on it because it got hit by a nice. fucking canopy. Now you live <laughs> in, you live in a wet environment. It rains uh, in the summertime. It snows in the winter. Hey, compared time. to Vegas, anything's a wet environment. Yeah, compared to Vegas, definitely. Well, yeah. Well, my question we are on the edge of the Rust Belt. Well, my question was going to be how. How are that year Chevettes, how are they known for their floor pans, their window seals, and their A-pillars? Are they rust magnets? Are they pretty good with factory undercoating? How is there something you need to look at? If somebody's watching this, like, man, I, I, I dig Chevettes too. What should someone look out look at when going through someone's barn or they find a you know a Chevette that's been sitting around, hanging around, neglected for years? What are some areas to look at? Where should they look at? Where are the trouble spots on a Chevette? I almost wonder if you've done your homework because you did hit two of the very common ones and one of the semi-common issues. Well, before uh, you answer that, let me just answer that. <laughs> I get made fun of by my old lady. She says, uh, you're the only guy who watches nothing but uh, Velocity Channel. Yes, I know it's Motor Trend, but I'm old school. Velocity Channel who doesn't know <laughs> shit all about cars. And so I sit there and watch people restore cars all day and buy used cars. And so I know about the, the warning spots. But you ask me you know, about rear differentials or horsepower or any it means nothing to me. I don't know anything, the numbers of motors and all that shit, but I, I, I fake it pretty well. Fake it till you no. make it. <laughs> there you go. The uh, obviously the Chevette was a cheap car and they did half ass on the stuff. And body, uh, body seal, seam, seam sealer was one of the places where they screwed up a lot. Because of that, the floor pans, especially on the driver's side, are usually rotted and gone by now. You got a stop sign uh, in there? One, <laughs> yes, stop signs. A lot of them have stop signs. Actually, no parking signs works better because it's a really small, ah, less small cutting. Area, area. Yes. Um, and then the that window seal the was day. known. <laughs> tip of the day <laughs> um but then the uh window seals they're also known for leaking uh the windshield and of course the 40 30 to 40 year old cars depending which year you get mm -hmm. and the side windows are all the seals are all drying up and, and cracking so because they had the pop out windows in the back though. correct yes and that's another sore sore spot is that there's no hinges being reproduced really and they use yes and they use cheap plastic see so that's the benefit that's the you benefit. Get a three D printer. Yeah, we're we're, yes. we're we're ticking down. We got a few minutes left before we're going to take our break and restart. But you know, that's the benefit of the fact that they continued to make old school Volkswagen Beetles in Mexico up until like two thousand eight. Even though they're fat chicks, yeah. a lot of those components, door handles, doorknobs, you know, the pop out hinges, all that stuff is still being produced relatively almost the, to the exact spec at least to the late 60s models that you can still get those left and right but yeah you gotta go rummaging through every freaking car show rummage sale that comes through town don't you yes and see and gordon mentioned the 3d printers we had a guy in the Chevette community who did a limited run i think he produced 60 of them 60 sets and you know he had he had a lot of time into the 3d printing into the drawing and everything and he made a beautiful reproduction and they cost, you know, they weren't real cheap. They weren't stupid expensive. I think they were like $60 for the set. Did he make them look and, the chrome or were they like a gray color? Uh, actually, these were, they were black plastic. Originally. Oh, okay. The original ones are black plastic. Okay. I was going to say, because yes. if they were like the metal chrome ones and that'd be hard to reproduce, but the black Speaking plastic. Speaking of the chrome, yeah. what is your, so everybody's pushing back against chrome these days, right? Everybody's blacking out everything. Hell, right. I'm even doing it to, to the taco to a certain extent, but, uh. What's your thoughts on that whole? Because uh, to me, black 
and black logos reminded me of the cheap cars in the day. You know, a lot of black yes. plastic on it and black trim. Yeah, my S10, for example. Yes. Although it did have a, a little chrome on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, people's turning their back. And then and then it had a front end or the rear end of a uh, of a Camry in it. But uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> But I what's your thoughts that. on the whole black? Yeah, you were in the truck with me. <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, a fucking thing in the road. Was it a Camry? Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a Honda Accord. And I don't remember. It was one of the Jap. You yeah, know, it may have been right in the Accord. It was Ohio. Yeah, yeah right on three C. Because there was something landscaping in the something was in the road. I remember looking at it. And I think he said a tree or some crap. Yeah, I can't remember if it was a log or a paper bag, but I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> My luck, it was a paper bag. Yes, I read the truck over a paper well, bag. Well, this would be a good topic. When we got seven minutes before we take a break uh, for Luke. Luke, as a young cat who likes cars and you hang around some other car guys, what's your all's opinion on the chrome package? Do you like chromed out vehicles or are you more for the get flat black? Look? Get rid of it. I'm doing a chrome delete on my car here soon. I See, I think a little bit of chrome is fine. Just, you know highlights little touches here and there that's it it all depends on what the car is and what type of build what style of build you're doing as far as i'm concerned um you get an old chevelle if you take get rid of all the chrome it looks like crap um however you get a late model car and you try and put chrome on it it just doesn't look right so it, it all depends on the vehicle and what type of build you're going for yeah you put a lot of chrome on it you need to lower it and put 22s right john craft asked the uh, well, question yeah. <laughs> John Kraft asked a question I was going to bring up. Uh, John, we're going to get to your question here after we take our break and restart because we're poor and we can't afford the uh, premium version of Zoom. But if you guys want to help us afford the premium version of Zoom, do us a favor and head over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click on that Patreon, sign up. It's only a dollar a month. If you really, really like us, uh, you can sign up for the $7.50 a month plan. And after month two, you'll get a free T-shirt. But uh, if you guys really want to support the channel, support the show and our YouTube channel, which we're going to get into with Andy momentarily because he made the mistake of becoming a youtube blogger and he didn't realize the amount of work that went into that right andy so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch on that momentarily you guys hang tight thanks for hanging out with us we'll be back in just a few seconds uh so just uh stick around and we'll be right back i guess i could i guess i could have played some fancy coming back music but we're back already we don't want to waste any time hi everybody we don't want to trim anything off of our interview with andy here because we can't afford freaking 180 dollar a year zoom but anyhow we're back and uh, we're now down to digital panhandling yes we are hey (laughs) you know i could be one of those people going like you know i have so many followers and each one of you sent me a dollar no i don't want to be that guy i haven't i haven't resorted to panhandling or or you could make it like one of those uh those commercials where you gotta, you know, for a dollar a day, you can feed this kid in Ethiopia. I, I don't want to be offensive, but I'm I'm gonna cross that line. I'm seeing. Go ahead and play it. I'm yeah. I guess I better just before we get back into. But you brought it up these these commercials for you know a dollar a day, blah blah, which I don't have a problem with. But I just have one question because my extensive knowledge on uh, World War Two. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. So I'm seeing the, um, this is going to be bad. And the only reason I have a problem with it, because it's the same exact one that they were playing when I was in high school in the 90s. I'm seeing the commercial where they're trying to raise money. God help them. I, great cause, but maybe you need to update your commercial. Or if you did, maybe my point would be proven. They're raising money for the um, survivors of the prison camps. And all that from World War II for people in Russia. But they're playing the same exact commercial from the late 90s. And my question is, how many are still alive to raise money for? Don't tell anybody. That's a good point. (laughs) I mean, in in our area with high... Spoiling the grift, man. Well, no, we have World War II veterans, but we live in a society with extensive medical care. And they're showing these horrible commercials from the 90s where they're basically still living in freaking, they only have electricity. It's like, well, how many of them are around if they couldn't afford quality health care that we need to raise money for? But once again, that's just a bad thought. Uh, All right, there's a question, Andy. (laughs) What are we doing? uh, Well, we're going to go back to the question and we're going to get away from the hot topics uh, because I almost forgot what it was. I think Morgan Long asked a question. Was it Morgan? Yes. Um, He mentioned the. He said a turbocharged LS Escort. Which Not Escort. He said Chevette. Chevette. I'm sorry. Chevette. But yeah, um, 
Have you considered that? Um, I've not really, not really. Um, it's so small easy. Blocks, the small blocks have been done for forty years. Yeah. 50, well, no, not fifty, but yeah, forty years on the Chevys. They've been putting small blocks and even big block Chevys into them. And the LS is, it's. I mean, I, I can recognize the LS. It's it, it makes great power. Mm-hmm. You throw a cheap China turbo on there, and you can make unreal power. I was going to say there's but, third party applications for it all over places for oh, accessories yeah. and mounting brackets and wiring harnesses and everything it's like but i mean people are putting turbocharged ls's in 1970s motorhomes yep. it's it's kind of <laughs> i mean i hate saying this but it's kind of polite um i do know i do know a couple guys who put ls's in a chevette i don't think anybody's done a turbo one that i'm aware of um i'm sure there's one out there somewhere um, we'll see what you gotta do. Big old blower on it. You gotta go out to Vegas yeah. to welder up garage and have them put a diesel in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want a uh, Cummins in your Chevette. You don't want to roll coal in a Chevette. No. No. Yeah, rolling coal. Enough, <laughs> enough of them did that back in the eighties and nineties when they were burning. <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> I remember. But we it's had not one the right at, shade of black. Yeah, it was John Kraft that asked that question, not Morgan Long. Sorry, John. Oh, I'm sorry. We did have one girl at school at uh, Franklin Heights. Her name was Melissa. She had a black beat up three hundred dollars Chevette, and that thing ran so rich that it looked like she was burning. She was uh, rolling coal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ran on three cylinders on a good day, and even so, somebody stole that thing. It was a complete dirt box. Yes, I have no shame. <laughs> how, how desperate and how much low self esteem you got to have to steal? I shit. bet you the person was scabby. Well, and had bad well, the teeth. thing is, she yeah probably did have bad. <laughs> I think that thing ended up in the bottoms. You know it did. Uh, it made its way straight it to the bottom. Surprise me! It right, surprise right me. down West Broad Street. You know, and they kept on going. Andy, I will. You will probably be floored, but Don and I have bottomed out quite literally so bad that we both lived at the hilltop, and I lived in the bottoms briefly. Hey, you lived in the bottoms. Yeah, right hey. off of Sullivan and. Um, 3C, wasn't it? I was, on the, I was the king of the hilltop. I was on North Harris Avenue, and I had the only house with a driveway, so beat that. <laughs> I used to I used to run a page on YouTube, or excuse me, on Facebook about the west side of Columbus. And yes, the story. And it was interesting, and too bad, you know, Ed was murdered, and his damn asshole yes. only got 15 years. Um, he was into history, too, especially the Franklin yep. area. Yep. Now wait, now back up. Did you say that they, the the guy got fifteen years? Yeah, That's a, he got fifteen years. I, I just want I want to go back to Ohio. Just there's to go to people the and, and talk to the. There's guy. people <laughs> in Frank in the prison systems in Ohio who've gotten more time for that for having a half a pound of weed in their trunk back in 1995. Yes, yes. or in 2005. Um, I didn't know that there was any that anything happened. Last I heard yeah. is the they had a guy who's. Who admitted that was the last I heard? Yeah, he was the guy, and they said a maximum or something of fifteen years is where it's going to start. Or, and I was so angry when I saw it. I mean, Rob Schneider is the one who who sent it on. He uh, he worked with us briefly, and it was a good friend of Ed's. And uh, it just it's it's disgusting. If he would only fucking stayed in Florida, that's not something you hear often. But and look, you know, I loved Ed to death, and he did like to get under people's skin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, he was wondering good at if it, too. Yeah, he was very well. Unfortunately, very I think it. Yeah. Well, they're saying the guy he befriended was a schizophrenic. So the guy who yeah. did it's like a borderline homeless schizophrenic kid or something like that. Okay. You know. But let's but talk anyway, YouTube. Happier subjects. Yes. So yes. at some point, <laughs> while you're re, while you're redoing your redo, you decide, hey, I got a bright idea. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Well, same idea. I was, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm I saying was, I got a point to this, but go ahead. I was using Facebook to document and track what I've done on the car. Mm-hmm. And then the pages format, Facebook kind of changed it and screwed it all up. Yep. And I couldn't do it the way I wanted to. So I figured I'd just go ahead and do it on YouTube. And, you know, every car guy dreams that he has his own show on TV. So there you go. Now I'm on TV. My favorite thing about the guys on Roadkill Garage and Roadkill, um, they're always 
joking, if we don't get this project done, we're going to lose the shop. Because they're making fun of that fucked out template since 2005 where yes. everybody, for some reason, gets a $35,000 bill job that needs to be done in six and a half hours. And so they're constantly yes. joking about that fake whole thing. Oh, if we don't get this break job done, we're going to lose the shop. And but always, yet Discovery <laughs> owns half of their business now. No, this so is, yeah. no, this is Motor yeah. Trend. These guys are like the king of Motor Trend channel now. Once uh, Velocity switched to Motor Trend, it's like Lucky Costa, Mike Finnegan, and the boys, they basically run that channel just about anything on that channel has one of those three on the show now so True. basically True. they are to velocity channel what the um impractical jokers are to true tv now it's pretty much their domain to run but the reason i bring up the youtube channels i don't and luke's a perfect example he's a, he's he's from that generation of people who just that's all they watch is youtube they'll watch youtube over you know tv and anything like that i don't think people realize how much work goes into putting together a 15 minute video even if you're not doing a bunch of cutaways and multi just and not only that but I don't, it does take me 15 hours to edit well not, well, that not only that but people don't realize how it slows down whatever it is you're recording oh i just yes. need to put in this window regulator four and a half hours later because you got to change batteries move camera angles this and that and the damn tripod true fell story. over and true so, story it's a lot of goddamn work. And then when you're like you and I, a one man show, then you find yourself editing video at 11 o'clock at night or for me, two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. And then you post the next day and you're rewatching like, Oh, that's a bad cut. Oh, yeah. I missed that edit. And you're like, yep, do I delete exactly. it, fix it, process it again for two more hours and then wait three hours. By the way, I got a YouTube video uploading as we talk. Um, especially if you're shooting two K when, when you lose, when you lose material somehow, Oh, yeah, that's the worst. Well, it's funny yes. to point that out. You guys will see in my last couple of videos, I'm doing an underwater fish cam when I release my fish, but for some reason, the footage of the fish swimming away aren't there. Well, because on GoPro Hero 3s, um, when you copy the videos, they won't let you move it off, so it copies. And the last one, I didn't realize I created shortcuts instead of copying, and then I formatted the card, so all the content was gone. But it's just a lot of work putting and there's a lot of competition. So I'll, here's a suggestion yeah. I'm going to make to you. Especially okay. if you're just wanting to get the name out there and not worried about monetization because they do monetize, but I don't know what their goalpost is. It's a website called HugeTube or Utah Gun Exchange. It's U-G-E-T-U-B-E dot com. They launched after YouTube started demonetizing all the gun videos. And um, it's still in beta form. But the greatest thing is, is you they will import your videos. So what I do is I edit, I upload everything to YouTube. And then once it's live on YouTube, I just copy the URL swing over to YouTube and hit import, paste the URL in there and it automatically imports everything. But the reason I say, if you're not worried about monetization, you just want to get your content out there. I will post a video on YouTube and because there's just so much fucking competition, right? right. And I'll come back in two days and it'll have a handful of views. I'll post that same video on YouTube two days afterwards. And the video views have tripled just because there's less competition. There's less content creators on there. And so you only have to make one video. You only have to upload it once, and then you just copy that URL and po paste it over on YouTube, and you'll get more views. And so, like, if you get to a point where you're trying to drive traffic to a website or maybe sell some T-shirts, you know, you'll get more eyes on it through that channel than you will on YouTube just because of the competition level on there. It's insane. And so, you know, and that's one of the things I try to tell people. Like, look, if you watch a YouTube video all the way through, even if you're, you know, you don't say, "Oh, I'm a huge fan of this guy." If you watch a video. From beginning to end, it's not from ESPN or media, like from an Andy or like a D train. If you watch one of our videos all the way through, just go ahead and subscribe. Just as a thank you for the time you put in to make that 19 minute video. Uh, it may not have been the best video in the world, but I watched from beginning to end. If I could hold your concentration long enough for 18 minutes, just go ahead and subscribe to the channel. I'm not saying turn on the notifications. Just go ahead and give us a subscribe to help us get to that thousand yard marker because that's where we're all trying to get to. <laughs> and, yes. I, and i know i've been a little behind yeah to say gordon you know he he he, he kind of discovered it too um it's it takes time you got a plan okay well i need to go do this 20 minute break job in the garage well i'm gonna need videotape it okay i need to mark out two hours because you never know especially in a hot environment i'm out on these kayaks my gopro hero uh seven my black one it just overheats so bad when you're out in the direct sunlight, you got a black camera on your head with a battery and recording at 2K. 
I burned through those batteries in like in 45 minutes and I got four of them in my head. I got my running pouch around my waist like a freaking cameraman for NBC and I'm constantly switching on batteries. So I intentionally bought the GoPro Hero Silver for my secondary camera just so that it didn't have a black chassis. And since it only records at like 1080p, it doesn't... It I can get four hours worth of footage on the GoPro Silver on one battery, whereas I'm getting an hour per battery on the black. And it thing so hot, I got to put it in the water to cool it down. Now, see, I'm not even using GoPros. I'm just using old used uh, iPhones. Speaking of used, um, go on yeah. eBay. I bought my gopro hero silver used for less than a buck and a half believe it or not used wow nice and uh, the, i looked into it briefly and the fact that i would have to i'd end up having to buy a laptop because i don't have anything windows here oh i got you yeah See so it. i figured i'd just stick with the iphones and the app that i'm using yeah and there you go the, the, the finished yeah, I, product isn't too bad no it's, I had it, to, it's I, decent i had to invest in a whole new machine and uh it's basically a gaming rig just so I can edit video in a timely manner. Exactly. And like and, always, we'll put every link um, necessary with the interview. But if you guys are on YouTube now watching us, go ahead and hit control N and launch a new tab on that uh, computer of yours. And go to YouTube and type in Project Low Expectations and give Andy's uh, channel there a like and subscribe. Because, you know, as we just said, it takes a lot of time to put up these, to re- not only record, but then to edit and then to upload. And to, you know, constantly think of new ways to make the same old content more interesting. And at some point you're going to go wild hair. So, okay, I need a logo. Now I'm going to need an intro. Now I'm going to need it. It's just, it's never ending, Andy. I'm just, I'm just letting you know it's never ending. It's just and so much problem, work. The problem with the intros is that you go all out you make a really cool intro. And then you find out that it's like a minute and a half long and nobody wants to watch a minute and a half yep. long. And then you got to edit it down. Yep. Yes. I was watching a video, a fishing video, and the guy's outro came on, and I'm listening. I'm like, I recognize that song. It was a different arrangement, but once again, here's a problem when you're starting your own channel and and you got to use public access. His outro music was the same exact intro to Demolition Ranch, but it was, uh, sorry, off the ranch from the Demolition, but it was in a different arrangement. The notes are a little bit different, but it was basically the thing. I was like, holy shit, I recognize that song. And that's the. And the other thing I got dinged with, I got I got a freaking copyright infringement for having a song in my video that was in the public domain YouTube channel four months ahead. Apparently, the guy sold the song at some point. And so now a song that I downloaded from their, you know, their license free content was now copyrighted. And I got freaking dinged for that. And you always so got to make sure you put their uh, their link. I'm too lazy for that. There. That's a good point. I'm too lazy for that. It's like, <laughs> I see, I, I get, if I get dinged, I get dinged. Well, I'm, I, I modern day bootlegged it. I recorded it all with my podcast recording equipment and saved the file to my server. So in order to do that, I'd have to go back each time. Either that or make a Word document with all the links on it because I'm not pulling the song off of YouTube every time I edit a video. I'm pulling it off my server here in the house. Yep. Because I just pre-record them and, and save them. So I do want to ask a question about the engine. We've not gotten to that. Okay. I've seen it. What are you putting in this thing? It is, I think it's out of a 2001. It's out of a Bonneville SSEI. It is a L67 supercharged 3800. That's uh, basically, it's evolved from the old 3.8, which was used forever. I think I have that in my Buick. What Buick was it? Uh, it was a LeSabre 19, uh, maybe 2000. I, I forgot you owned a LeSabre. That probably yeah. was a 3800. Um, it's known as one of the most, the 3800 is known as one of the most dependable yeah. engines car ever made. almost 300,000 miles on it. It was a Montana car. There you go. That Exactly. That's my point. Uh, the supercharged ones, of course, they're not going to last as long, as, you know, in general because it's supercharged. But uh, it's, I think it's a 270 horse engine stock. Um, I've ripped all the smog stuff, stuff off of it. I'm putting some massive injectors in there because of the E87 fuel trigger uh, warning for anybody out of California. <laughs> um, a much, much smaller, um, uh, supercharger pulley. Okay. So I'm going to be spinning, spinning that supercharger real fast. Um, uh, I've got some headers. I'm going to have to cut them up to make them fit inside that small inch compartment, but I've got tubular headers for it free-flowing exhaust, and a couple other small things. And I'm expecting 
I'm hoping for a little over 300 to the wheels. Nice. Uh, about three and a quarter or so at the crank. Um, I'm putting it through a T5 transmission out of a Firebird, and it has the overdrive out of a uh, S10. So between I'm all that, it those. should work out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe we didn't blow up that engine. Now, in the words of... Actually... Uh, yeah, you did. Like, three years later, after I bought off a dad, and the engine blew up on it. Uh, residual <laughs> oh, no, wear and Tell them the worst part. Tell them oh, the worst part. So, the engine threw a rod, and then I sold it to a friend of mine, well, a co-worker of mine, for, like, next to nothing, because obviously he had to put a new engine in it. He just bought it for the chassis. And then, like, three months later, I got a uh, buyback offer from Chevy, because it was defective. <laughs> like, well, too late. Oh, I've already sold it. jeez. We I abused was, the hell out of that thing. Yeah, that was a 110 horsepower, I think. Now, in the words of Johnny nothing. Cash, you didn't need an adapter kit to get that transmission to work with that engine? It being a Pontiac? Um, well, it has the same bell, uh, bell housing bolt pattern. Okay. But we did we did have to do a couple little things here and there. But it's for the best part, it is bolting together. We're using the flywheel off of a 3.8 Camaro. We're using the clutch out of an 89, I think. Um s10 with a 4.3 uh, a lot of parts been stuff uh the guy i mentioned earlier josh he's I, I don't know how he remembers all this stuff but he seems to remember everything about every gm car and how he can swap it into a chevette uh he's had a little bit of a rain man chevettes. huh little little bit little bit um uh, he always impresses me he always impresses me with this stuff the stuff that he knows about this um it's, well, it's like the rear end that I've got in it. It's also out of an S10, and the S, the rear ends in the Chevettes are notoriously weak. They're, you know, we say they're as fragile as glass. Um, factory 70 horse 1.6 Chevette engines have shattered the rear ends in the, in the Chevettes. They're that lame. Um, so he just tells me, he says, oh, just go get one out of an S10. It's the exact same width, and all you got to do is weld on some uh, mounting points, and you're good to go. It's like, how how do you know that an S10, who would ever think to look at a truck for a rear end for a Chevette? I bet he's got a lot of Haynes manuals and Chilton's books, huh? Uh, he actually does, but I don't think he uses them. I think that's just in his garage. Sound like one piece at a time. <laughs> I've always had people play that song for me. <laughs> That's a great song. Negatory Ghost Rider. This one, is of my last, one of my last projects was a 1971 ton Chevy that had a Cadillac 500 in it. Nope. And I had to use a Pontiac Turbo 350 for mm-hmm. transmission. Fantastic. Where did you learn uh, most of your mechanic skills? Was it uh, just backyard stuff or did you have um, some career path that helped out? Or Are you calling well, him a shade tree mechanic? Not necessarily. I'm asking the question. He was well, as a teenager for sure. Exactly. That's where I was getting ready to go. Gordon, you remember this because I grew up, uh, I don't want to say dirt poor, but we didn't have money for anything. We couldn't afford to change our minds. Exactly. So anything that happened to our cars, we had to fix ourselves for the best part. And I was the one that did a lot of the wrenching. And after that, I joined the army and I was a tank mechanic. And I just kind of took what I learned there and put it towards my driver because I still didn't make any money. I still had to break my car and fix it myself. And I broke, I had an 80, what was an 86 Honda Civic that I just beat the snot out of it. And uh, that thing, I had to chase it with a wrench. I was breaking it so much. And I just kept on, kept on going and it just evolved into crazy engine swaps and doing whatever the hell I want. Fantastic. And the other uh, the other advantage of the footprint of a Chevette, because I had a sweet ass. You want to talk about being rich when I lived on the west side of Columbus. I went down by here, pay here, got myself a badass 1995 Ford Escort LX. That's right, ladies, LX. But anyhow, <laughs> when I moved to, and that's when I had the Mazda engine. But when I moved from Ohio to California, that's what I was driving. Yeah, you can imagine all the tail I was slinging, pulling, driving that 1995 Ford Escort LX and no AC in California. But, but it's that Juggalo sticker that really pulled It was it the Juggalo stickers that got me pulled over for being poor in Newport Beach, even though I was behind a Lexus with a busted taillight. That's neither here nor there. My point being is on the 405, driving in L.A. traffic, trying to drive from Long Beach to freaking, um, oh, not Irvine's where I went to school, but... Um, La Habra? La Habra. 
was the small footprint of that escort zipping in and out of traffic. You can get in, get out, be gone until somebody in an, esc- uh, an Escalade about runs you over. Then you got a third, a third gear to 175 mile an hour <laughs> to get in the passing lane. To which my boss's buddy, who owned a mechanic shop, called me up screaming when he was trying to replace my clutch. Where the fuck is this car from? Every goddamn bolt underneath of it rusted out. Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> sir. It's not a California Welcome car. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the Rust Belt. California exactly. mechanics don't know how easy they got it. They're not no, busting they knuckles. They just got some faded paint and headlights. But you can't it. you can't beat that That's, small footprint. That sunburned paint's not faded. Sunburned. Oh, yeah, no, I, we get it out here. That's why yes. I bought the Tacoma so I could fit it in the garage. <laughs> but I'm sure that footprint comes in handy on the 270 and on 71. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, what was it three weeks ago? We had our I think it was the seventh annual Chevette meet here in Columbus, and uh, one of the guys in the group loaned me his since mine's obviously still in eleven billion pieces. Now you were and, using uh, your, your cell phone for a speedometer, right? Yes, got a little yes, GPS. His speedometer didn't work. Not only was the needle broken, but it wouldn't matter anyways because the stub of the needle it didn't it didn't move. <laughs> One would have to ask it. how a needle breaks on a on a gauge cluster unless that, that, that it just uh, plastic dries up. is gone. Yeah, plastic just dries up and gets brittle. Yeah, it's got to be that because I know he wasn't winding this one around. That thing, when I get when I got that car up to 70 miles an hour, it really made you wonder how what your life insurance policy is. Good was, it like a, was it like a bug at 45? Speaking of bugs. Uh, worse. Perfect worse. Nugent. <laughs> Here's something his generation will never get the experience. The mystery. You want to talk about mysteries of how things happen in cars? How come every fucking car, a fly would end up in the dome light? How did they get in there? The dome light. Every time. Every time. We'd be looking. Every time. It's completely sealed off, but there'd be like eight dead flies in the dome light on the headliner of the car. I never get it. Well, and that's before. That's before they started hanging from the nicotine. (laughs) Nothing like nicotine (laughs) to loosen that glue up. See, that's, see, that's what we could, that's a long lost start. See, it would, it would take a long time, but see, if you needed to get the headliner off of an old classic, you know, get the material off the headliner without breaking it, you just got to take it to your grandma's house who smokes all the time. That nicotine just makes it pop right off. Bada bing. <laughs> uh, now, Gordon remembers my first car. I had a 68 Cougar, that blue one. Yes. I drove and... from Ohio to L.A. in a Cougar. Really? <laughs> yes. My old roommate. <laughs> is an 80-something. My old roommate Cougar. had Cougars. Oh, he had count. multiple Cougars. <laughs> no, th- yeah, these were the bad ones. These were the... Yeah, these were like the late 80s, early 90s Cougars. Um, the ones Might as well have been a Mercury Sable or something. Living on that street in North Harris, I had a 1985 Suzuki Somersault four-wheel drive. Once again, we had the only we had the only driveway, but it was steep. Brad, anytime he would drive that freaking Cougar in the winter down North Harris to get to uh, Broadway, it would fish. T- that damn thing fish-tailed in the ice like, like nobody's sideways. business. <laughs> I tell you, about that time, there was one car I had I wish I never just gave away. Your and Dodge on Luke me? May, no. Luke may know what I'm talking about because if you're into drifting, this Your ended up being Toyota? a drift car. It was a 1986 Toyota Corolla GTS rear-wheel drive, also oh, yeah. known as the AE86. Yeah, that, was that, it does not ring a bell. Was it, it wasn't the Omni. Was it the Omni that you abandoned in the back of Metagrove that I had the cops yes. come knock on the door? Yep, that was that one. That's when I went that was Gord's exit strategy to Montana. He no, just wait, wait, the- wait, 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 hold on. Gordon, you had an Omni? Yes, I did. With I the seem- Holly carburetor. <laughs> I seem to remember you busting my balls because I had a Horizon, which is the, the exact same, same damn thing. thing. <laughs> Except for yours well, that's before I knew any. That's before I lost the truck. So, so, uh, okay. So his, his exit strategy, because, you know, cars don't have VIN numbers in 38 fucking places. Hey, I was stupid. <laughs> he took, Come on, he took his Omni to the back of Meadow Grove that was still being under construction, just pulled the tags off and walked away. Eh, stands to reason. But it happens in the neighborhood in which the house that the tags and the VIN number were registered to. And then surprised when the cops came knocking on the door. Uh, is it Gordon Abernathy? No. Are you anything about this Dodge? No. <laughs> Dodge? No, I don't have a Dodge. What are you talking about? No, I drive a... I drive. Here's a here's a quick funny story about that. A couple years ago, um, God, it's about ten years ago now. Here in in Fort Myers, I worked at CompUSA, and I had a friend of mine who did data recovery. And we went down to a, a bar and we were out drinking all night. And we got a the thought in our, our head that we wanted to go to Denny's for for a late supper. 
And next to the Denny's was an undeveloped lot, but there were, they had the driveway. And so when you're driving down the street and you may or may not have a few in, in you, you see the street, you think it's the turn-in, but it's an empty field. Well, he was driving in the Zuzu Rodeo at the time, right? So it's four-wheel drive. So he drives through the field, up over the shrubs, into the Denny's parking lot, only to see a cop go by. <laughs> and the lights came on. So we quickly got out, ran inside. Thank God Denny sat us right away. And the waitress had the glass of water on our table before the cop walked inside. That, that tells you that server was well-practiced. The place was packed. <laughs> and so I'm so grateful that everybody kept their fucking mouth shut, right? Because the place is packed. We sit down. The cop comes in. Says, I want to talk to the person who was driving the red <laughs> trooper or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. I know you're in here. Blah, blah, blah. He went out and sat in his car was parked behind John's car. And as soon as he walked in, I was like, what'd you guys do? Oh, nothing, nothing. They could have sold us out. We ate our meal, and he's still out there. Like, fuck, what are we going to do? John gets out his cell phone, calls his dad. I get out my cell phone, call a friend of mine to come pick me up. John's dad gets there long before my friend ever does, and they're long gone. So I, my friend comes, I get in their car, and the cop stops us. He's like, aren't, aren't, don't you want to take your truck with you i'm like that ain't my truck he's like yeah it is i I pulled out my keys i said i drive a 1995 pontiac firebird i don't know what you're talking about and i showed him my firebird keys like well tell your friend i'm gonna have it i know you guys what you're doing but luckily because john got out there before me and i I don't know what rodeo i drive a firebird i don't know what you're talking about got off scot-free that would have been a bad night for the both of us but because Too bad Uber wasn't around then. No, huh? This is back in like... That's what I was thinking. No, this, is, Uber. this is like 06, 07. This is way back in the day. But yeah, it's... Uh, Gordon, did you pull any news or... I do have news. You want to stick around for the news, Andy? Sure. Okay. Before we get into the news, Gordon, you, you kind of started something. You know, we have the TikTok lesson of the week, and then that kind of segued way into something I don't have any production on, but Gordon kind of brought it up. And so um, we're going to tra- I'm going to use the sounder for the TikTok lesson of the week, but we're going to go into what you hear versus what you know. And this is a good timing because we have 10 minutes left. Actually, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to hit that and we got 10 minutes left. But real quick, here is what you hear versus what you should know. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. And I lost my soundboard, so I set that up all professionally. I got too much shit on my computer screen. Here we go. Okay, this is literally folding in front of our eyes. So thank you very much for the comment. Sky News Australia has now been banned off YouTube. They are banning anything that is against the agenda. We are seeing a full communist takeover right now as we speak. This is happening. News is being banned. We're having a full communist takeover right now. This is serious and this is happening. Let's see what happens over the next four or five weeks. We are in the thick of this now and I truly mean that. Let's say so for those of you playing at home who don't know, there there have been protests and rights in Sydney, Australia. Well, not rights like we do in the United States where we burn shit down, but peaceful protests. Where and those just, guys don't get in any trouble. Where they just march down the street with signs like you're supposed to. So they're having quote unquote protests in Sydney about the new COVID policies. And you hear, oh my God, now their YouTube is banning Sky News. It's it's censorship. Well, that's what you hear. What you should know. Quick Google search. <laughs> Dateline, um, Australia. Sky News has been suspended for YouTube for seven days. <gasps> seven days, not permanently, not for a month. Seven days. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna hit them on the revenue. Well, yes, but this guy and his TikToks making it sound like we're shutting them down. They've been suspended indefinitely. Seven days. Well, why seven days? Now it is for some bullshit. But suspended for seven days after breach of its pro- policy on COVID misinformation. So Sky News, their their news source, the video social media site has fiercely trying to stop fake news from deliberately false clips from seeping into our community. Now, you know, the fun thing about community standards, um, you say they're violating community standards, but they have their own community, i.e. their followers and their subscribers, and clearly they haven't violated their standards. So maybe you need to redefine community, but that's neither here nor there. Um it has three strikes for policy creators, and it looks like Australia's biggest news channel has broken it. The statement from YouTube states, 
quote, we have a clear and established COVID-19 medical misinformation policy based on our local and global health authority guidance to prevent the spread of COVID-19 misinformation that could cause real world harm. Quote, we apply our policies equally to everyone regardless of their uploader, including Dr. Drew, who is an emergency room technician who had other emergency room technicians on there talking about treatments and they got shut down, even though these are the guys doing the fucking treatments. In accordance with these, I put that in there, that wasn't in the story. According with these policies, our longstanding strike system removed videos from the issue, um, from an issued a strike to Sky News Australia's channel. Specifically, we do not allow content that denies the existence of COVID-19. Or this is the crazy part. Ready for this, Gordon? Because you just went to the hospital. We specifically do not allow content that denies the existence. Okay, that, I agree with that. We know COVID-19 is, a, is there. So if you're saying it doesn't exist, you're a fucking buffoon. But, or that encourages... You want to know what side they stand on? The use of hydroxychloroquine or evermectrin to treat or prevent the virus. Because so if you're a doctor, like a Dr. Drew or an emergency te- room technician, and you give people hydroxychloroquine and you say this on a YouTube channel, your shit's getting shut down. Now, for those of you playing the home game, Carrie has lupus. I'm pandemic rich. She has been prescribed hydroxychloroquine for years. Now, I've had people tell me, and I didn't get an argument with them during COVID because they're customers of mine, you don't want to take hydroxychloroquine. It kills your kidneys. Well, sadly, which sadly, the version of lupus Carrie has causes kidney failure. So if hydroxychloroquine is bad for the kidneys, why would a doctor prescribe to somebody who has the lupus that attacks the kidneys? And it is also the only medication, and I confirmed it, that if a woman is pregnant and she's on hydroxychloroquine, she can stay on it. It's that safe. So, so. But, yeah, so you hear TikTok, oh, my God, they shut down Sky News. But the truth be told, it's only been seven days. Gordon, I'm going to do your yeah, intro because we're running out of time. Yes, we are. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, you got five minutes and 15 seconds. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. So... Imagine, so Germans are very good with time, right? They're, yeah. they're pretty, uh, allegedly, they're time pretty... Time and um, documentation. Yeah, well, evidently, this German woman was unaware she had a $39 million lottery ticket in her purse for weeks. Lottery officials say... What's that the conversion Jerry, on that? Like, she won 23 grand? No, it's euros, probably, so it's probably more like $50 million. Um, lottery officials say that... A woman in Germany who was carrying a, a winning lottery ticket in her purse for weeks without realizing it, it was worth about 33 million euros, which is the $39 million American. Lotto Byron wow. said Wednesday that the 45-year-old woman was the sole winner of a draw, drawing on June 9th, having correct, uh, uh, correctly guessed the seven fields on the German ticket. She said that I still get dizzy uh, at the thought that I carelessly carried almost 33 million euros around in my purse for several weeks. What Mother do you think multi-millionaire Germans buy? Could you uh, imagine how many Chevettes you could get with that? Could you imagine how uh, many... Fuck Chevettes! <laughs> no, this is Germany. You, remember, you imagine how many like mid-50s to early 60s Beatles you can get for that? And I'm sure yeah, they got warehouses that still have the you know certain symbol on it that still has plenty of that shit stacked up in the back. Saragut! <laughs> Yes. So, oh. needless to say, that uh, it's more than enough money for her husband, her daughter, and her to live on for quite some time. Ooh, and we thought the tax hit on ours were bad. Could you imagine the tax oh, hit? She's what getting, yeah, she's getting like 25 cents. I was going to say, uh, their tax rate is probably like 73% over there. 100%. Florida, man. Florida, Florida, Florida. Yeah, you buddy. Ready? We went from zero Jackson. to heroes. Zero to, hey, you got to go from Germany to Florida, right? So Jacksonville, Florida, a man was injured by a jaguar at a Florida zoo after doing what? What would a Florida guy do at a Florida Jew? Yeah, Florida Jew. Florida Zoo to get uh, himself injured. He climbed. Try to give it a fucking natty light, baby. Yeah, I must have thrown it into the um, to the animal enclosure because he did uh, move too close to the animal enclosures. Attacking. <laughs> the attack occurred. Took me forever to find it. At the range of Jaguar display at the Jacksonville Zoo. <laughs> Damn it, dude. Come uh, on, you're a professional. Keep your anchor voice. You went I'm to college not, for this. I'm not, I'm not a professional. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the man was hospitalized, fortunately, with uh, non-life-threatening injuries. The man climbed over the waist. It only was a waist-high safety barrier that put about well, four it is a Florida zoo. empty space. But yeah, we got to thin the herd of people. Um, between, stop it, visitors and jaguars uh, at the exhibit fence. So, needless to say, we're going to move on from... There you go. And there now, <laughs> breaking news. L.A. We all like L.A. Not He's an asshole, well. sir. Yes. I definitely not liking the people moving here from L.A., but this is... Asshole. Major different. asshole. Los Angeles air traffic control warns that the jetpack guy is back. Sorry, sir. Doing my best. The FBI is investigating one... one what one commercial airline pilot says might have been an airborne person with a jetpack high in the busy skies near LAX. Yeah, I heard the um, traffic control montage the other day, and they all refer to him as jetpack man or jetpack guy. But yeah, he's he's basically causing a large enough kerfuffle that the LAX is having to warn inbound and outbound planes to keep their eye out and to basically change their path a little bit because he's flying so damn close to that airspace. That yeah, it makes you wonder if uh, whatever, whenever he goes up, if it starts with, here, hold my beer. <laughs> um, or, or the Real American Hero theme song. Oh, my God, I remember that show. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? Uh, Los Angeles Times reported that a Boeing 747 I got one minute. Shit. Uh, pilot radioed back and said the possible jet back is man is in sight uh, around 612 uh, p.m. Wednesday, according to the website. So he's been spotted. Uh, this object's been spotted to resemble a jetpack 15 miles east of uh, LAX at 5,000 feet. Jesus. Gave out. Federal Aviation Administration told newspapers out of an abundance of caution. They're alerting other pilots. And on that note, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. Now, nah, Bit Super Balls is the name. Whoop, whoop. Hey, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. I want to say thank you to Anthony. Once again, go over to YouTube and follow his channel over at the Low Expectation Project. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. I promise it doesn't suck too bad. And on the behalf of myself, my nephew Luke, and Gordon, we want to thank you guys. And once again, this episode of the What's Your Head podcast is brought to you by friends at At Computers. At Computers providing IT solutions for all Southwest Florida since 2004. Give them a call 239-283-1120. And even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can help you through their website with your assistance, of course. And check that out. We nailed it on the spot. Me, Speed Reading. Thank you guys so much. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. You all have a good one, and the countdown has just killed our feed. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>